This is the Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. And welcome to the Bullpen. What is this, Tuesday? It's Tuesday, baby. No, it's not. It's Monday Junior, my friend. I don't buy that. Welcome to the Monday Junior edition of the Bullpen. (laughs) It just sounds weird. It doesn't really roll off the tongue as well, does it? It sounds weird. Yeah. Well, pessimism. Great start to you the know. show. All right. Got to love a Thanks good dose of pessimism. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you That'll tomorrow. Do it. That'll do it. Yep. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Now, we appreciate you joining us here on 1027 ESPN in the bullpen on this Tuesday afternoon. Brandon Elkins, Patrick Osborne with you for the next hour. Welcome to Tuesday in the bullpen. How's your Tuesday been so far, Mr. Taco Bell? I just like your shirt, man. <laughs> I like that shirt. I, f- I forget I wear, <laughs> I'm wearing that. So when people bring out Taco Bell to me, I'm like, like why, why are you why asking are you... me about Taco Bell? Well, you got a little inside I your do mouth. love me some cheesy gordita crunch, me though. Too. Hello. And, the, and, and the, uh, the Mexican pizza that they brought back? So I had a discussion with Beto about this because oh, he was no. really, really excited about it. No, I like it. I think it's great. The Mexican pizza is great. That is not, however, what they need to bring back. What do they need to bring back? They need to bring back the cheesy, beefa, beefy Frito burrito and say that ten times Bring fast. them both back. Keep them both back. But I don't know why they got rid of it in the first place is all I'm, is all I'm wondering. I just want to know why they got rid of it. It was a very popular choice. That it was. That it was indeed. That you got rice. Indeed. You got beef. You got Fritos. Hello. Delicious. I, I, I just missed the old 59, 79, 99 days. That's taken oh, away. That's dating myself yeah. there. We used to go to Taco Bell Willie only used because to do Taco of how, Bell commercials. Well, Willie, I, Willie Nelson. I just remember how cheap Taco Bell. Like everyone when it, when everyone wanted to do something cheap, we'd go to Taco Bell. Yeah. Well, it yeah. wasn't a, it wasn't the fact that the food was great or not. We loved it, but the fact that I mean, it's like Bill damn. Hicks once said, uh, "How do you want your beans and flour arranged?" That's basically what it, the way it works at Taco Bell. It's a very aggressive <laughs> yeah. way to say that, yeah. but yeah, yeah, sure, that makes sense. Uh, no, you're right. Taco <laughs> Bell and then the Jumbo Jack, the 99-cent Jumbo Jack or 99-cent two tacos at Jack in the Box. Remember the big cheeseburger that was 99 cents? That was the Jumbo that was, Jack. Oh, is that what they call mm-hmm. it now? Is that well, what they call it now? Well, that's what it's always been. Well, they called it the big cheeseburger where I'm from. Uh, well, see, when I was... Because it was 99 cents. Back in 98, I lived at the uh, these apartments off Old Tour from I-30. Well, Old Tour from Burton. Okay, man, I'm talking about like 2003. I know, but this is right behind a jack-in-the-box. We were always there. <laughs> yes. And that's all we had money for. Yeah. Right, right. You knew. That's you always knew for. you could afford Taco Bell or jack-in-the-box. Right. That's right. You know who doesn't have a problem affording jack-in-the-box or, or, I don't know, True Lux for that know. matter? Jerry Jones? Well, yeah. Anybody who plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that's true. And Cooper Rush, if he keeps playing like this, uh, he could start making himself a little pretty penny as well. He was filling in yet again for the injured Dak Prescott last night, making consecutive starts for the very first time in his career, leading the Dallas Cowboys to a 23-16 win against the New York football Giants. How about that? And he was assisted by a pretty fierce pass rush. Sack uh, uh, Giants quarterback Daniel Jones five times, pressured him 24 times. Cowboys didn't look so bad last night. They really didn't. And, I mean, they didn't look great, but they didn't look horrible. you got to remember, they're still injured. They're still fairly injured. They are. But, you know, I'll tell you, when the Cowboys needed Cooper Rush the most, that was in the second half, and that's when that's when they got him at his best, really. Mr. Undefeated? He's 3-0 and as a starter now for the Cowboys now. 3-0. Oh, how about that? Yeah, yeah. A couple uh, come-from-behinders, too. Yeah, yeah, he's looked really good. So yes. uh, he uh, he completed 12 of 13 passes after the Giants took a 13-6 lead in the third quarter. He passed uh, from there for 129 yards, leading to the back-to-back touchdown drives. Uh, the first drive actually ending with Ezekiel Elliott scoring a touchdown against New York. That was the uh, against the uh, for the fifth straight game to tie it. Actually, it was it was a pretty exciting little moment here. Well, I think every season's important to every player. I mean, that goes without saying. And, you know, no one competes like Zeke in my mind. I mean, did that's the wrong number. I did. Top of the hit, list. Hit it again and then do well, it again. It's Mike McCarthy. We'll let him talk. This is Stephen Jones. Yeah, there's a lot of players. Stephen Jones. That is You're not right. Mike not McCarthy. Right. I was wondering. I was like, wow. I was like, Mike's Mike's actually uh, no. sounding pretty. No. Did I mess up or did he hit the wrong number? That should have been Troy Eggman, actually. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Uh, nevertheless. This is what it sounded like. We're getting there. I'd it's like not. to think we're what? 20 I don't know what's right? going on here. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Which one are you trying to hit? Uh, I, 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 it's okay. It's all right. 24? The second 24 half. 24 is Zeke's score. Yeah, that's what I, I, I hit 24. 
Well, I think every season's important to okay. play. So, We're going to figure this so out. So there you go. Break. That was the problem. So okay. anyway, uh, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott scoring touchdown against New York. Fifth straight game to tie it. Uh, the second end with a rush throwing a perfect fade to the corner of the end zone. That's where receiver CeeDee Lamb made a one-handed grab. Eight minutes and 30 seconds left. Well, did you see this catch? I did not see this This catch, catch was fantastic. No. Uh, earlier in the drive, Rush and Lamb converted a, a key fourth, um, a fourth and four, and then connected a, for a 26-yarder on the Giants' one-yard line. But uh, th- this this catch was was pretty... I really hope this works. I do, too. Play <laughs> clock near one. Corner of the end zone. Lamb, oh. one-handed try. He got it. Touchdown, Lamb. What a catch. What a throw. And the Cowboys... Back on top. And there you go. And uh, head coach Mike McCarthy had a few things to weigh in as well. CD's our number one receiver, so that will never change. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's I did so many good things in the game. And, you know, part of this is September football. You see some mistakes, particularly our young guys, and penalties. You know, you know, we hit, you know whether it's a drop, we, we need to improve. we got a lot to correct. But just love the division win, the complimentary football that we played today. You know, it's always refreshing. You know, long week. And, um, you know, you come up here and, you know, you're in a hotel all day and, uh, but I, I just think our guys did a really good job executing the game plan, staying after it. And uh, but yes, excellent win uh, on the road. But you know we 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 have a lot of work to do. Now Cooper Rush's final numbers really weren't too staggering: twenty-one to thirty-one, two hundred and fifteen yards and a touchdown. But they were good enough to win. Yeah, he's ultimately doing, that's all that matters. Exactly, his numbers don't have to look sexy as long as they win. That's right. Honestly, like he's just there. To to keep the ship afloat. Yeah, well, and he's been doing. I mean, he's he's the third court Cowboys quarterback to win his first three career starts. Jason Garrett and Hall of Fame quarterback Roger Staubach. Okay. The only other two to ever do it. That's a pretty right? good list. Uh, and now Cooper Rush. All three wins have come with game winning drives in the fourth quarter and overtime, making him just the second quarterback to do so in the in the Super Bowl era, along with Virgil Carter. Hmm. Good for him. Yeah. I, he, he, you're right. He is definitely going to get paid this offseason. I don't know if he's going to get starter money. No, I don't think he's he will. Gonna, he's going to get paid. I mean, McCarthy likes what he's saying. Yeah, definitely. I thought Cooper, Cooper played very well. You know, he you know, came out, wanted to get him a rhythm throw there and really on the first play. And, uh, you know, I, I thought he did a great job exercising the game plan. We were in a bunch of run checks, you know, run pass checks, you know, all the way down to the, you know, the, the, the one third down that uh, we had a chance for, for a big play there. So I thought he managed the game very well. I thought Tyler does managed the, the game. You know, this uh, Don does an excellent job schematically challenging. It gives you a lot to work on, you know, as far as different personnel groups in the, in the scheme and I thought our guys did an excellent job hitting on it. I'm sorry, there are times I, I listen to him and I absolutely hear Porky Pig. That's all, folks. Well, he just talks over himself. He does. He doesn't even talk fast, but he talks over himself. Yeah, that, well, that's why when I, my brain seized up on me when we, you know, the wrong cut that I played there earlier and I was like, why does Mike McCarthy sound like this? It's got to be Mike, <laughs> but it's not Mike. Uh, yeah, just one of those moments where the brain just totally locked no, up no, because that wasn't, yeah. That was anyway. Stephen Jones. Anyway. That was the other Jones. Cowboys had 13 sacks in three games. That's a good defense. Uh, um, they, that leads the NFL. Uh, DeMar- 13 sacks leads the NFL? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 13 sacks Man, in three games. Man, a slow start for sacks the this year. Uh, they really pestered Daniel Jones last night. Everybody knows, you know, Micah Parsons doing his thing, but Demarcus oh, yeah. Lawrence actually made his presence felt. I forgot he was still playing. He had his third three sacks game, sack game of his career last night that? before he hurt his left foot. Him. And the 13 sacks have come from uh, six different defenders. So all in all, uh, here's uh, here's McCarthy on the defense. I thought the temperament is always you know exactly what you're looking for. You know we made big plays, but we we came in to stop you know Daniel Jones on a scramble and Ron and, and, and Saquon, and they they both had some production. So you know we'll we'll go back and learn from that and be better for it. But you know our, our play style is is where it needs to be, and and I think our defense does a great job of that and and sets the tone for us. A little bit of harsh words there. A little bit. A little bit. Not much. But, you know he he can't say that they're being they're perfect. You know, they're, that, not. They're, just, they're not, obviously, but they're playing pretty dang well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Jerry Jones, if you ask him mm. about some of these guys, especially Cooper Rush, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to sound a little bit more enamored, a little more uh, optimistic. This is a, just, well, a little less than a week since he basically came out and said, I really hope we have a quarterback controversy when yeah. Dak Prescott comes back. I mean, imagine hearing that as Cooper Rush. Mm. You'd love to hear that. Yeah, of That's course. It's going to make you feel good. Uh, well, you know, he uh, Jones was on 105.3 The Fan today up in up in Dallas, praising Rush for winning his third game and his, uh, his three career starts, two of which have come in prime time. Well, let me say this. He's certainly uh, playing uh, as well as anybody could have expected. And uh, I'm real impressed with his protection. I'm very impressed with the running game. 
uh, all of those things, he would be the first to tell you, make his job that or his uh, uh, good play attainable. Uh, but I don't want to take anything away from him. Uh, there's no question he understands this offense. He uh, has got the makeup uh, for a top top quarterback, and I underline the word makeup for a top quarterback. We're very fortunate. The purpose of uh, the backup quarterback in, in the NFL is to be able to step in and have your team function on all the cylinders without having to give up some of your offense that the starter usually takes with him when he leaves. In this particular case, uh, you've got somebody that knows this thing inside and out, and he knows how to execute it, and we're seeing that he'll do that under pressure. He'll do that when the chips are down. He'll do that when he's uh, the play isn't exactly happening the way it's designed to be. He's doing that. All of those things you see in Cooper Rush right now. So uh, he's doing a, a, a great job, and I know that uh, he doesn't have anybody that's supporting him any more than Dak because uh, when Dak does get back, if we have a chance to uh, have a record that lets us be in the hunt, lets us be uh, viable, uh, considering uh, the loss of time we had with Dak, then um, that's uh, that's what a quarterback uh, is about. That's what the position is about. I think we've got a good one in Cooper. Yes, you do. Says he's got the makeup makeup of a top quarterback. Cooper Rush does. Well, I mean, look, it's a small sample size, but he's undefeated, so. You- you can't take that away from him. Yeah. He's looked pretty darn good. And, of course, this is coming as Dak Prescott is trying to push to return from that week one hand fracture. Supposed to initially said to be out six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Prescott's been saying that he could possibly return sooner. Maybe week five against the Rams. Maybe week six against the Eagles. Mm. Maybe Sunday against the Commanders. Mm. Uh, here's what Jerry thinks. I think his progress is nothing short of amazing. Now, progress has everything, including the definition for Dak, of the ability to be able, with firm strength, grip the football so that you can throw the football. He's not doing that. But as far as his ability to potentially function in a couple of weeks or a week or 10 days or two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, I don't think you could ask for a better result. The type of injury it is, he'll be able to play within a week or two. He'll be able to. And uh, from the standpoint of risk to the injury, it's a question of whether or not he'll be able to uh, grip and throw the ball. And we don't know that. So let's say that they decide Dak's healthy enough to come back Sunday Mm -hmm. against Washington. Mm -hmm. You as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, how do you feel about that? Putting in... So you're saying the doctors say he's good to go. Well, I mean... it sounds to me like Jerry is is pretty optimistic, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he's you know gripping the ball, performing at the highest level. Not necessarily always the same thing, you know. Yeah. They're, they're two different things. Prescott yeah. wants to play. Seeing Rush play as well as he has would probably make him want to play even more. Well, of course, but it's you know, human nature. But there's this talk, you know, that well, yeah, he's he's ready to come back. But what if you bring your your starter back? He's not a hundred percent, but he's healthy enough to play. Do you want to risk him, or would you keep Cooper Rush in there, considering the way he's been playing? And then bring Dak in when he's either A, 100%, or B, comes in as Cooper's cooling off. I don't think there's any... Which is inevitable. Yeah. I don't think there's any question you don't bring Dak back until you know he's 100% healthy. Risky proposition. Me as the coach would hear the doctors, but I want to see it. I would want to see Dak be able to grip the football the way he usually does. I mean, that's the only issue because there's a finger issue. Right. So as long as he can grip the ball, there, nothing else is wrong with him. Well, but, but again, I mean, if you can grip it, that's one thing. But gripping it and then being able to perform at the level necessary to win is a But what, are we talking, what more are we talking about here? Are we talking about his shoulder and his, and no. his, and his foot from earlier? No. no. So all we're talking about is a gri- the grip doesn't change your talent. No, it doesn't. The grip just allows you to hold the ball and be able to throw it the way you want to. So I, I don't have any issue with him playing if his finger is... If he can prove to the coach that he's 100 percent healthy, all right. Like as long as he can grip the ball, which is what's the main, which is the main issue. I think I'd take it easy on him. Well, look, I if he's not ready, if he's not, if he can like, if he's still unsure, he can fully grip it for a whole game. Yeah, don't don't let him play. But if his finger is 100 percent healthy, that's all we're talking about yeah. here. So yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't bring him back. Cooper Rush is playing great, yes, but that's not his team. It is not his team. You're right, but maybe it should be. <laughs> I, Ooh. Now we're talking controversy, my friend. Well, you know, I know what Jerry wants. 
Quarterback controversy. He wants people to talk about the Cowboys, and this is how they do it. They want to bring up controversy. Giants have lost a top receiver with a torn ACL. Bad news for the New York football Good news Giants. for Gall- Galladay, or Galladay, who was yeah. complaining about reps. And Odell Beckham Jr. had something to say about that as well. Oh, boy. Similar injury he suffered last year in the uh, Super Bowl. Okay. So uh, that and more on the way here in the bullpen. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome back to the bullpen. Tuesday afternoon edition of the bullpen. And how are you? Welcome. Welcome to the bullpen. 512-834-1027 is the number. I like the face you made when I went full Mario just now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you look like Mario. Uh, No, you don't. I I wish I was that Italian. I'm more Irish. Are you? Well, yeah. No, I wouldn't want to look like Mario. (laughs) I wouldn't. Shame that mustache, dude. So we've been talking a lot of cowboys today. And there's a whole lot of news coming out of this game last night. Uh, Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard suffered a torn ACL, left knee, last night against the Cowboys. That was a non-contact injury. Yes, it was. It looked bad. I saw that replay. I I mean, I saw it in real time, but that replay looked really bad. Everybody was concerned. Even I mean, even the Cowboys were running over there. I mean, he was he was barely running, and all of a sudden, his left knee just. He just grabbed his left knee and just toppled to the ground. It was, a, it was it happened awful. in the final minutes of the game. Yeah, he was cleared to practice l- er, 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 earlier in the summer. He tore his Achilles in December. Oh boy! Right. Um, he currently leads the Giants 154 receiving yards through three games. He's also played the most snaps of all the team's receivers, 157. But uh, yeah, like you said, this happened uh, non-contact injury. Uh, final also offensive the worst. play. Yeah, he was jogging near the right sideline, limped onto the cart. And you had players from both teams running over there, checking on him, offering words of encouragement. He I, took a he took a pay cut in the offseason just so he could stay in the area with the Giants. Oh, boy. This is why I, I feel real bad for yeah. him. Yeah. You know? Because he wanted to be there with with these guys. And, you know, fourth straight year, he's going to miss at least four games because of injuries. He's dealt with an Achilles, a quad, hamstring, toe, concussion injury, in, injuries just in the past few years. Now his knee. Well... That sucks. Now, that's football. But I mean, and, it is football. And, and you're, you're right. not exaggerating either. He was literally just, he wasn't even part of the play. No, he was just jogging. He was just jogging. It's and one the of those turf freak things. Got him. The turf monster. The turf monster. Exactly it's a real right. thing, man. It's a real thing. Yes, indeed it is. Now, free agent receiver Odell Beckham Jr. continues to be a free agent because he suffered a non contact ACL tear on the artificial surface at SoFi Stadium during the Super Bowl, right? Yep. So last night. Sterling Shepard suffered the same kind of deal, also on the artificial surface at MetLife. OBJ made the observation about the artificial surfaces on Twitter. After the injury, he, he said, quote, uh, just get rid of the effing thing altogether, bro. Billions made off the game. I can't understand why we can't play on grass. This S is rough. Play it. Prayers up for my brother. S just hurt my heart, end it's, quote. It's a total money thing. It's 100% a money thing. And now you can't do that in most most stadiums because they're indoor or a lot of stadiums because they're indoor yeah but you know this is 2022 there there's got to be a way that they could find a way to 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 fix this issue That's there true. are so much money in there and it's it's confounding really i mean they're they're so obsessive about the quality of playing services and yet you know i mean games come a long way from when they were playing on green concrete in the astrodome right but, but they've been playing on this uh the the tire rubber balls and the fake mm-hmm. grass since since I was in high school, so I'm, we're talking like since the 2000s, if not even before that. It's just the thing. I mean, if you know, even the players don't care about, or even the owners don't care about the players as human beings, take care of your investments. Yeah, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if they can make edible grass for my cat, they should be able to make a specific type <laughs> of surface that keeps players <laughs> from getting injured. I could. I tried to say that with a straight, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> But seriously, there there should be. You're right. It's 2022. We should be having flying cars, and we should be having fake surface mm. that still acts like grass and and can keep guys safe. Yeah, you know, flying cars. I, I still remember the ride to school this day. It was uh, I was early mid 90s. Did you see a flying saucer? My dad taking me to school. He's driving me. We're on 620. We're almost to Lake Travis, and he's telling me that by the year 2000. There will be flying cars. Oh, boy. I mean, we don't have any of that. We don't have any of that yet. Listen, I bet we do, but the technology isn't it isn't ready yet. 
or we're not rich enough for it. No, we as drivers are not ready. Can you imagine? Look at the way people drive in this city. You want to put them in the sky? No. I'd like to get in the sky to get away from them. No, that's fair enough. I feel like I can drive very well, and I can fly very well. Who are you? Yeah. Captain Pete Mitchell over there? Hey, my cousin's a pilot. I got, I got pilot's blood in me, all right? <laughs> One last bit of news out of that game last night. Uh, during the Cowboys' final touchdown drive of the Monday Night Football game, uh, tight end Peyton Hendershot picked up 10-yard gain to move the Dallas uh, to the Giants' 27-yard line. And uh, the play actually prompted a, a shout-out from ESPN play-by-play announcer uh, Joe Buck. Cowboys hurry it up. Pass a spinning grab by Hendershot. And then up and over Dane Belton and picking up 10 and making the Indiana Hoosiers football program proud. <laughs> Doesn't take much, does it? That's not fair. That's not That's okay, not Captain, I'm, I'm Captain Bruin over I'm there. I'm sorry. Troy Eggman taking what some are calling an <laughs> unnecessary shot at Indiana football. Oh, he's not wrong. I mean, they're, they're not known for their football. They went 2-10 and 10 last year. Yeah. Winless in conference matchups. In the last 20 years, Indiana's played five bowl games. You know how many wins they've gotten those five bowl games? One. None. Goose egg. Yeah. So Aikman's not wrong here. Yeah, but don't knock the guy who's in the NFL when he went to that school, regardless of how bad they were. It's it's Hendershot's first uh, (laughs) first in the NFL, uh, the first season in the NFL. He signed as an undrafted free agent ahead of the season. He didn't get drafted. Mm. Monday night marked his first NFL game, which he saw any action on the field. Yeah, shut up, Troy. Jeez. It was funny. Let the kid have his moment. It was funny, though. (laughs) It was fine. He's not wrong, but, he, you're, but you're not wrong either. I know. Neither, I of, know. neither yeah. of you are wrong. You're right. Uh, Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett released from the Cleveland hospital after being treated for injuries he sustained in a one-car crash yesterday. Happened after he left the Browns training facility. His uh, agent says luckily he didn't break any bones. He crashed his 2021 Porsche, which is painful enough. Ouch. After the practice near Wadsworth, Ohio. Those aren't safe cars either. No. So he, I'm, he's, he, he must have got real lucky. Or Por- maybe it wasn't as bad as we think. Well, Porsche tanked off the side of the road, flipped over, oh, and came okay. to well, rest. That's pretty bad, yeah. There was a woman in the car. She was taken to the hospital, oh, uh, treated man. for non-life-threatening injuries. Highway Patrol, though, has said they do not believe drugs or alcohol are involved here. Uh, they were both wearing seat belts. Crashes under investigation. But, uh, yeah, you know, good, good. Everybody in the entire state, country, world should have a dash cam. I think they should come now standard on most cars. Like, the backwards camera is now standard on all new cars mm-hmm. after a certain year. Mm-hmm. They need to do that. They need to get a little cam for people in cars up front because it's necessary and it's highly needed for how bad these people drive around here. And then how easy it is to figure out what happened. Because yep. it's already in there. Yep. So you don't have to worry about it. You can just go back and look at it. Yep. So wh- where are we at in that? Like, we need that. I am a huge proponent for Insta- that. Install them on the flying cars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Let's, yeah. let's just do it all in one fell swoop. You would think. I mean, it's so easy to put a camera on in the back of a car. Why not just put it in the front either? I mean, uh, why didn't they do that when they passed the law? I'm everybody so I know who's questions. got a dash cam is really, they're like, I'm, I'm so glad I got this. Yeah. I, I, I get, I've, just, I've just been too lazy to get one, but I, would, I wouldn't mind having one. It's pretty great. No doubt about it. Uh, uh, peace of mind. So uh, here's hoping everything works out well for Miles Garrett and the woman that was in the car. Browns are going to face the Falcons on Sunday. All right. Uh, over to uh, Miami, where the Dolphins have been the uh, butts mm. of a lot of jokes the past couple of days. Thank you. Thank you. Had had to be good done. Good for you. Had to be done. That was good. Uh, this uh, after, of course, punter uh, Thomas Morstead kicked the ball directly into teammate Tent Sherfield's butt. Whoops! On Sunday against the Bills, despite handing the Bills two points with a safety, the Dolphins won. Uh, that means the uh, Dolphins fans can laugh, right? Mm-hmm. Guess who's not laughing? Of course, Dolphins special teams coach Danny Crossman. He says <laughs> he was asked today if he finds anything amusing about it. Two days later, could you laugh about it? Absolutely zero amusement, he said, <laughs> and a 100% critical mistake that has an opportunity to possibly lose a game. It'll never get a smile from me. He told that to the Miami Herald today. That's totally fair. I mean, that's his, that's, that's his job. It is his style, too. He demands perfection on pretty much everything, every play. Total attention to detail, he, he demands. So Special teams is a very important uh, role to play on football team yes it is it's highly critical criticized all the time yeah so when something like this happens the only you know the only person not laughing is the coach because it's his job right it's his it's his literal butt or yeah his literal butt on the line if something like that happens i tried or at least Sherfield's butt yeah something like that uh crossman also made it clear he didn't see anything beneficial about that safety 
even though the subsequent free kick gave the Bills even worse field position than they would have had on a punt. He said the Dolphins gave no thought to taking any intentional safety in the situation. All right, so, fair enough. I don't. I wouldn't say that's intentional. I don't know why you'd say that. It's not like you. T- you want to be the butt of a joke? No, but hey, I've seen that. I've seen teams take uh, actually take safeties on purpose. No, I have too. But to I, get better field, give better field, try and get better field position for their defense. I wouldn't try to bury it up my teammates' colon. Though. That's fair enough. You know, yeah, totally fair. Probably not the best place either, to hide yeah. the pigs. I bet he's not. I bet he's feeling it a little bit. Probably. I mean, you know how hard those punters can kick that ball. Yeah, and it went right there. Yeah, just boom. I mean, you see the slow. There's slow motion replay out there. You go ahead and look. The ripple effect is real. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got a little news here for you, my friend. Uh, so I'm sure you're aware of the Seahawks, your beloved Seahawks. They're not for sale. They will eventually, though. Yes. Possibly by 2024. And Jim Ursay. What so, does he have to say about it? He thinks uh, he's, he's to- he tells Bloomberg.com that, uh, that there's going to be a there's going to be a few. A few teams, Seattle with Paul Allen, uh, my friend unfortunately passing away, and then the team's in a trust. He says it's going to become available, I'd imagine, by the 2024 range. Yeah. Any sale before 2024 would require 10% of the proceeds to be paid to the state of Washington. So, Which is exactly why they're waiting. So they're going to (laughs) wait. Uh, Ursay underscored one of the challenges the NFL will be facing in the coming years, franchise value skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. Not enough people with the money to pay the price for controlling interest in the team. And. I mean, it, the, it's owned by a trust. The team is right. owned by a trust. It's not owned by a, a, a physical human anymore. Correct. So, and look, his sister, who was supposed to, uh, you know, kind of took over control in a, in a way, she doesn't want to deal with that. So, yeah, this is not, this isn't, this isn't huge news. This is just, you know, this is formality. Is he still on the Colts? I'm just, what? Is he still on yeah, the Colts? Pretty sure. He is? Yeah. I don't okay. think he'd be allowed to talk about this if he, if he wasn't. Yeah. Well, or it wouldn't be news if he was. Well, it wouldn't be news, but I mean, at least a, you know a quote unquote former NFL team owner yeah. would know what he was talking I'm about. Sure but yeah, he's still yeah, I hadn't heard yeah. anything to the to the contrary. I just I wasn't really sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I know the stipulation is you have to keep him in Seattle. That will be probably the the first line on the contract. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about it. I, I guess so. You wouldn't be bothered. Either well, no, way, I mean, need, obviously, it's not really. Own, they need an owner. They, well, they do need an they owner. They have it. It's own. Like I said, it's owned by money, basically. Mm-hmm. So no one's really got full control right now. Ben so. Franklin owns it right now. Good for him. Ben Franklin. Yeah. President Franklin. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh because I, I was, uh, there was a woman the other day we were watching uh, some videos over in the newsroom and and. Somebody was talking about President Ben Franklin, and I just gut laughed. I couldn't help myself. Uh, it was one of those man on the street videos, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. asking idiots like, questions. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was. I think was. Yeah, it was. Uh, he was importante, but not president. Yeah, sorry. Uh, over the college gridiron now, Big Twelve has informed Texas Tech this week of its decision to discipline the university in the aftermath of Saturday's field storming following that overtime thirty-seven thirty-four win over Texas. Yeah, cha-ching. Big 12 Conference Commissioner Brett Yormark announced the Red Raiders have gotten a public reprimand and fine of 50 grand for the incident in accordance with the conference principles and standards of sportsmanship. He says we have a duty to provide a safe game environment. I mean, yeah, he's right, but it's not going to stop any t- any school from doing that regardless. Does this bother 50, you? 50,000 doesn't even it doesn't even seem like much for them either. I don't think it is. That's that's one person's two semesters of tuition. But are you bothered when 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 fans storm the field? I mean, no. for, for a long time for generations. This was a thing, not not just in college, but mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's Hank Aaron hit seven fifteen, and then mm-hmm. you know those guys running out of the stands to you know Reggie Jackson barreling guys over in the World Series, right. you know, trying to get. Uh, this is what they did, and so I get times have changed, but I don't know. I, I it doesn't bother me one bit. Do honestly, you, do you think they would have made as big a deal out of this if that clown hadn't shoved the Longhorn player? Yeah. Yeah, because that happens too all the time, yeah. and that sucks. That's just one of the bad parts about it. You can try your best to restrict it, but it's not going to work. You can find them as much as you want; it doesn't matter. I mean, didn't we see a bank is going to cover the fifty thousand for uh the, for the school for tech? I didn't see that. Is is that the case? I'll I'll go to I'll confirm that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure that some bank is going to cover the fine for them. Hmm. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, so uh, head coach Steve Sarkeesian was asked about the protocol for getting players off the field when, when the fans come and they start rushing. The protocols, we just try to usher them off the field as best we can. You know, I think ultimately, you know, we want to have great sportsmanship. And like 
I wanted to make it a point to go shake Coach McGuire's hand, and he, and he got to me. I'm a little bit more fortunate. I'm surrounded by police officers. Our players don't all have police officers around them. Our strength staff tries to get them off the field, but there is a level of sportsmanship that you, know, you go shake the man's hand that you just competed against. And so we try to do those things. It's obviously, they're dangerous situations when fans come on the field. And hey, I, don't, I don't blame them for rushing the field. You know, that's that's part of it. You know, when you, when you get a victory like they got. But again, if we can find a better way for safety for everybody involved, I, I think that that's, that's a good thing. I think that's why some other conferences have pretty significant fines if you rush the court or if you rush the field in football to try to eliminate some of that stuff. So again, hey, that was a good win for them. They rushed the field. I just hopefully we can we can take care of our players and and keep them out of some of those dangerous situations. That's fair enough, but I, I'm with him. You know, I totally understand why the rush fell. Sure. Big deal for Tech yeah. fans it's and a- everybody, and, and especially in the Big Twelve, everybody loves to beat the Longhorns and the Sooners. So yeah, yeah it's understandable why they went ape. And know? I can see why people, other fans, would be upset by it when it happens to their team. But you have to remember that your team is good enough to be storm the field when beaten. Mm-hmm. So. You can take some sort of positive out of that, I guess. Yeah. So this discipline, latest unfortunate development in the days since that chaotic scene as Tech's police department's also looking for that guy who who shoved the Longhorn player as everybody was running onto the field. So They're probably not going to find him. No. Uh, Horn's going to have to move on from that loss to Tech on Saturday because they're going to be they're preparing to host West Virginia Mountaineers this Saturday here in Austin. Uh, your Horns, they're 2-2 right now, 0-1 conference play. Losing that Big 12 opener. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Um, of course, they lost to Alabama earlier in the season. So entering this West Virginia game, Texas actually does not yet have a win over a Power 5 team. Yikes. Um, and, uh, you know, there, I mean, there's going to have to be a lot of reflection, I think, done here, not only by the Longhorns players, but, of course, by Sark himself. Sure. You know, we, we've seen a lot of issues, heard a lot of issues since last year, talking about in-game adjustments. I don't think we saw enough of that on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, West Virginia not really coming into this a powerhouse. They're the same exact record, 2-2, two 0-1 and two, oh and one in conference play. Sure, but Start. they do have one secret weapon. His name is Graham Harrell. Mm-hmm. I think he's the offensive coordinator for them, for West Virginia. Uh, he has done very well against the Longhorns. Yeah. He has uh, beaten them up pretty good. So they do have that going for them. I don't know if they have the talent to, you know, Beat the beat Texas like you know he's done in the past with his other teams, but he's gotten those guys to get up for games before in the past. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think Texas should win this game on paper. They should, but yeah. I think on paper they should have won on Saturday. Sure, as well. But you can't you can't deny emotion. No, no, so no, you can't. It, it it's always like that with in Texas Tech, regardless of of records for each side. You know, Horns head coach uh, Steve Sarkeesian also going to have to make some more quarterback decisions this week. Um Hoping that Quinn Ewers maybe could play this week. I doubt. I hope not. I'm doubting it too. I I, I doubt it. The uh, the great Ed Clements actually uh, question, uh, questioned Sark on that yesterday. Coach, uh, anything new in the quarterback situation after today's practice? Anything to report about what's gonna what we'll see Saturday night? It's still up in the air. <laughs> they all practiced today. Like I said, they practiced last week. I think we'll know more as the week goes on. No. Did you hear how big a sigh he? He made before he even finished the question. He just knew that that was coming. Well, how could he not? I feel like that would be the first question you're asked yeah. every single time you, you get behind a podium. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. I mean, he's probably asked a bunch outside of uh, the media as well. That's probably frustrating as well. But it's, sure. a fair, it's a fair, legit question. We want to know. You know, you got your star quarterback down. We're, you're still dealing with a backup. Your other two guys have been hurt. You don't know much about them. Mm-hmm. So we don't know much about anything. So we're just trying to get some sort of clarity, I yeah. guess. But I feel like this is not a game that Quinn Ewers should come back from. No, I agree with that. I just let him rest a little bit more. Uh, there are some other horns that are also hurt. Injury-wise, you know, Morrow was practicing again today, so hopefully we can get him back Saturday. Xavier's day-to-day. Uh, again, nothing structural from uh, X-ray or anything. I think some point this week we'll get him back and what that looks like. And Troy's making good progress. I think he's coming along well. He's practicing better than he ever has since I've been here. So all those are positives. All right. So uh, your Texas Longhorns hosting the West Virginia Mountaineers Saturday, 6.30 p.m. kickoff time. Uh, Texans uh, spreads. It looks like they're 9.5 point favorites here. Nine Longhorns? Point favorites, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so 
We I don't know how much how well that's done this year. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> who cares? Uh, Texas A&M they've lost their top wide receiver Anaya Smith to a season-ending <sighs> leg injury. Uh, for the rest of the season, uh, he, he heard it blocking during the third quarter Saturday against Arkansas. Uh, Jimbo Fisher only describing the injury as lower body. However, Anaya Smith's dad has told the the Bryan College Station Eagle that he broke his leg. He leads A and M, fifteen receptions, two hundred ninety-one yards, two touchdowns. He looked touchdowns. good. Yeah, he did on Saturday too. I remember that specifically. He had a, he had some nice catches. ESPN rates him one hundred fourteenth overall prospect for the twenty twenty-three draft. Uh, he was captain last year. Started games in each of the past four seasons. Um, could return next year though because of an extra season of eligibility granted during the, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more bit of college football news here with Hurricane Ian bearing down on the southeastern U.S. At least two. Two college football teams right now planning to, to make some changes. South Florida Saturday contest against East Carolina. Just a compelling matchup there, yeah. I might add. Uh, probably going to relocate to Boca Raton. Uh, oh. Originally scheduled for 7 Fancy. Eastern. Um, so the game uh, now going to take place at uh, FAU. Al's playing on the road at North Texas. All right. Okay. Uh, official announcement expected to come today from both programs. Uh, while the Bulls and Pirates are going to change locations to avoid the incoming storm, South Carolina and South Carolina State dodging the weather by changing the date of their scheduled matchup altogether. Instead of playing Saturday, they're going to play on Thursday to avoid the impending weather. Also, uh, the two games may not, uh, not be the last to move with the hurricane uh, in, on the NFL level. Buccaneers already opted to move their practices this week. Miami, they're exploring contingency plans for Sunday's game against the Chiefs. Oh, so Tom Brady ends up in Miami anyway. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Be safe out there, Florida. I've, I, 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 I snickered when you said Hurricane Ian because my uh, one of my really good friends uh, named Ian is very excited that he's final, it's finally his turn to have a hurricane named ah. after him. That was all. So uh, in the uh, seemingly never-ending quest for the 61st home run of the year by Aaron Judge, Yankee Mm -hmm. slugger Aaron Judge, Mm -hmm. still hadn't happened. And uh, he's getting walked more. I think they've been listening to the bullpen here. I think so. And Aaron listening to me screaming. Aaron Judge's mom? Uh Uh-oh. She ain't too happy about Uh it. Uh-oh. Not at all. Do we get to hear what she had to say? We might. You got to stick around to find out. 512-834-1027 is the number here on the bullpen. The Bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. Welcome back to the Bullpen Tuesday edition. Patrick Osborne, Brandon Elkins with you. 512-834-1027. That is correct. It is the number. You're yeah. doing very good. That uh, Previewing our number. Or teasing our number. Giving our number. I don't know. It's Tuesday. Speaking the words. I'm trying. Speaking numbers. It is Tuesday. Uh, yeah, well, you know, in case you didn't know, we got struck by lightning. And so for a while, we... We were uh, without phone, and so I've been trying to get myself back in the habit of it. Uh, I don't know if any of you knew about that. We're never going to let that die. I don't think we've talked about that. Never going to let that die. Uh, So last night, Yankees traveled up to Toronto Mm -hmm. uh, for a uh, 3-2 loss against Toronto. I really don't appreciate that. I really need these Blue Jays and these Rays to lose every game for I know the rest you of the do. season. I know you do. Same um, with the Orioles. Yeah, yeah, this is this is not working out well for you. Uh, no, we're good. We're fine. Well, what, you, imagine, three, three games back they for didn't the Mariners? Play, right? they didn't, no, they're, they're three and a half because they, they didn't play yesterday. That's right. Because Orioles forgot how to lose, apparently. So uh, Aaron Judge still sitting on 60 home runs, and his mm-hmm. mother... None too pleased about her son being intentionally walked last night. <laughs> Patty Judge made the trip all the way up to, to Toronto. Son's only one son, one homer shy of tying Roger Maris. She was sitting next to Roger Maris Jr. Oh, wow. Uh, just shaking her head as the Blue Jays intentionally walked her son. 2-2 was the game. Tenth inning. Runners on first and second to load the bases with two outs. Uh, Toronto just brought in Tim, uh, Tim Meza to replace Anthony Bass. And the Yes Network, the Yankees Network, uh, showed Patty sitting next to Roger Maris Jr., just stunned in disbelief, frustrated. Look, this was a uh, – any manager would have made this move. Of course. Anyone. And it, and it worked out perfectly. And Anthony Rizzo grounded out into the threat. And then uh, Vladimir Guerrero then, you know, he stepped in. Line drive. He should do it. Rounding third and heading home is Biggio. The throw is way late. It's a walk-off single for Brad Guerrero, and the Blue Jays beat the Yankees 3-2 in 10 innings. And as he's, as he's rounding the bases, he gets to home, he runs back up to, to, toward the mound, and he starts screaming, this is my house. Mm. Right there. This Good is for my him. house. Uh, but uh, Aaron Judge asked later by the Yes Network if he was frustrated by getting walked in that situation. Oh, game on the line. 
you know, that's that's where you want to hit. You know, that's why I'm doing all the work to you know put my put myself in the position to go out there and you know help the team out and help us get a win right there. But you know, I trust every every single guy in our lineup and every single guy on our bench, and you know, especially the guy behind me, Anthony Rizzo. Who, you know, day in and day out throughout this whole season has always come up in big spots, but. You know, today didn't do it, and I'll show up tomorrow and get it done. Well, last night he didn't come up. Thoughts and prayers for the strategic uh, way you're going to be handled for the rest of the season. I mean, it's got to. It, it, Nobody's going to want to give up your 61st home run. Yeah. So especially not the 60. And his mother should know or should have un- should understand that he's going to get walked a lot. Now. Yeah. So her head shaking is not going to fix it. You gotta understand. I mean, you know, mom. Mom only no, wants I, to see. I, I totally get it. I know she traveled to see all this, but again, it's all part of strategy, and this is how it's going to be for the rest of the season. Even though they should have started doing this earlier. Two two with runners on first and second. I mean, to load the bases with Aaron Judge. Uh, yeah, and it, there's not a manager alive who would not have walked him in that situation. Have we not seen Barry Bonds get walked with the bases loaded? Yes, we did. We've seen it. I've seen my team do it, yeah. and it worked out. Yeah. So that win extends the Blue Jays' lead of the American League wildcard race to two and a half games over the Rays, three and a half over the Mariners, both of whom were off last night. Yes. Uh, Toronto's magic number down to three. They still hold full control of their own destiny with a shot to clinch at home this week against the Yankees or my beloved Red Sox. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. Your Red Sox got rocked last yeah, night by the they Orioles. They did not look good. That I turned. I turned that. Actually, I expected you know more what? From I, the Red I take Sox. that back. I did. I fell asleep watching that game. I was so bothered by it. <laughs> I get lose. Fair. I've been there. These when Orioles. I'm so annoyed by a game, I'll turn it off immediately, yeah, or I'll put it on my computer and I'll just like ignore it. Oh no, 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 no. On, it, hoping it was, that something will happen. Games like last night, it was a, it was a foregone conclusion. When the, when your team is playing as poorly yeah. as the Red Sox have been this year, are they still last? No, they're, Are they're in last place. I, I, if they're not in last, I, I honestly I quit looking. Orioles aren't last. No, they're definitely Yankees not last. aren't. Uh, the Rays are not. The Rays are not. Yeah, the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah they're in last place. Yeah, sounds like they may oh, be. I'm so sorry. I'm I know not. how that feels. Trust me. I'm not. You'll be all right. I mean, if are, there's any team that's good at, at turning that or, turning a bad season around, it's the Red Sox. Did they not win a World Series the year af- the year after they had a losing season, or they were fourth in the division? <laughs> Were you talking about in 2018? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, in 2004. 2004. No, they had a winning season. and They went all the way to Game 7 of the ALCS against the Yankees. That's the year that well, Boone hit that home run to send the Yankees to the, to the, uh, all right. I'm to the World Series. Else, yeah, no. Red Sox were great in 03. I think it was, they were a, I think it was the Royals that were last place the year before they went to the World Series, mm. and then they went to back-to-back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, you know, it was a disappointing season for, for fans. You know how it is yeah. being a Mariners fan. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You couldn't even finish that sentence. Look at you, my friend. That was a good one. Well, somebody's in the playoff in a playoff position and somebody's in last place. So well, I'm also an Astros fan, so let's not go there. Uh, let's also not forget Aaron Judge still leading the American League in the Triple Crown race. Yes, he is. He, uh, let's see, at 314, first in, the burst, first in batting average of 314, first in homers with 60, first in ribbies with 128. Uh, it's scary how good he is right now because he's playing very well heading into the postseason, and that's scary because could be bad for the Mariners. Yes, yeah, could be bad for honestly. Could be bad for the. It could Guardians. be bad for anybody. Could be bad for the Astros. Yeah, could be bad for anybody. However, Astros are playing. The rest of the Yankees aren't playing so great. Yeah, that's true. I mean, some of them are, but most of them aren't. Judge is the reason that they're even where they are right now. Yeah, that's very true. And the Astros, two outcomes away of clinching. Top seed in the American League for the 2022 postseason. How is there any more outcome than one? Just they're going to get it no matter what. Well, so they could get it in two ways. Okay. Right? They can get it two wins against the Arizona Diamondbacks, who of who they, they open up a series against tonight. The Diamondbacks? Yeah. Okay. They open up a two-game series with Arizona. Uh, so they could either win it that way or they could, they could leave them at May Park with a win tonight. The Yankees lose in Toronto. Top seed secured that way as well. Okay. Right. So I mean, both both one and two get a buy, first round buy anyway. Yeah. So regardless of if they don't get the top seed, maybe they don't get home field advantage, but maybe the Yankees get upset. You know, you never know. Now, or maybe the Astros get upset because they got two good teams coming after them. They do. They do. There, there's also Zach Gallen who's going to be pitching for the 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 D backs. I believe it's tomorrow, and he's got a two six two four six ERA, nine point four two K nine. Okay. 
uh, through 172 innings pitched this year. Now on the other side of the wow, that's pretty. That's really good. It's really good. That's very good. But take a guess who's going to be on the bump for the Astros? Verlander. Yeah. <laughs> now I know we've talked that it's not a good idea to roll Verlander out. You already clinched your spot. I you get have it. To now, but now you want that home field advantage to so bring him out, clinch it. Let's do this. Well, thing. not only that, he's got a bad taste in his mouth from the last game. He does. Hey, he played. He pitched fine. He had a quality start. Yeah, he pitched fine, but that's going to leave a bad taste in his mouth because he gave up two runs. <laughs> Which you know, for for anybody else, not two a runs, big deal. Eh, well, you know, know. two runs. Yeah, but for Verlander, it's like, damn it. I mean, maybe he's not, and maybe he just wants one more, you know, start just to you know stay fresh. I don't know. I think it's a bad idea, but at this point, now you're now you want top seed, you want home field advantage. So the Astros have gotten have been so good for so long that I don't know. It's kind of just like become rote, just yeah. almost boring. It's like you know, I, yeah, of course they're there. Of course they're there. I'm not gonna lie, man. The last few years that the Hawks made the playoffs, mainly a wild card, barely made it out of the first round. I did not have the same excitement I'd had, you know, the years before when they weren't doing very well, and all of a sudden they were making the playoffs a bunch, and right. they were getting close games. Sure, I was very excited they were in the playoffs because you know they had the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl again. But it just it did. Some of these teams just didn't feel like they even deserved to be in there, and so watching it was just kind of like mundane at that point. You just any sort of thing happened, you're like, yeah, well, all right, well, that figures right. So at this point, y'all just are expecting to win every game, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, division secured, AL's yep. number one seed, all but wrapped up. Stakes are pretty low for Over them right wins. now. Yeah, I mean, Yankees only got Yankees has only 97 wins, right? So I mean. It would take a pretty good collapse for them to lose a top seed at this point, correct? I, I agree. Yeah, okay. yeah, I mean, it, it, an epic collapse. Yeah, but there's ten games left. But or it's 11, baseball, depending on who your team is. Yeah, you're right. It's baseball. It happen. Weird things happen. Somebody in baseball. can go ten and zero out of nowhere. Yep. You never know. Uh, I remember in 2005, the Astros reeled off. I think it was ten straight to get themselves into the postseason. They ultimately went to the series. Well, they got swept, mm-hmm. but still, first first World Series appearance. So. It's doable this late yeah. in the season. Somebody yes, could yes, reel yes. off 10 wins. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen. September baseball, September baby. September baseball, indeed. The Dodgers, not even arguably, are yeah. the best team in baseball. Unfortunately. Hands down, the, the, the favorites to win the World Series this year. I think. Good oh, for them. Uh, I, I can't I can't stand the Dodgers. No. The Dodgers and the Cubs, I absolutely hate. Why the Cubs? I don't know. The only I don't I can't even tell you. I really don't know why. Hmm. Now, as a kid, I liked Ron Say over at third base. I liked Ryan Sandberg. That was about it. Spokane native. Yeah. What up? Yeah. That's my hood. But I've just never been a Cubs guy. But I could take the Cubs over the Dodgers any day of the week. I Any I, day of the week. I'll be honest. I was a closet Dodger fan during the Manny Ramirez days because I was a closet fan of Manny Ramirez. Mm-hmm. So seeing him with the Dodgers was super fun. I liked L.A. I wanted to live in L.A. really bad at that time. Big mistake. Glad I didn't. Dodge that bullet, but that was fun to Big watch. It was, it was fun to watch him play for a while. I, I love Manny. I miss him. Manny being Manny, he, he was great. My favorite, you know, Manny's got so many moments, but I think my favorite Manny moment is always going to be him just walking into the scoreboard at Fenway Park because right. he had to yep. go to the bathroom. Yeah, I actually, uh, I have a, I have a fun Manny story. It was uh, towards, I mean, after he had gotten, he had gotten released from the Dodgers. He was kind of bouncing around the minor leagues, right? You remember that? I do. Uh, he ended up in Tacoma, Washington, to play the Rainiers. I couldn't, I can't remember what team he was on, but he was on a minor league team. So we all wanted to go see him play. Tickets are dirt cheap to go see a minor league game, which I appreciate because these are still really good players. You know, they're on the verge of making the major leagues mm-hmm. anyway. So we got really close seats on the first base side. We were right behind uh, the dugout, and I remember at one point he was up to bat, and I had looked away because it was a nice day. It's a nice little, it's a nice little stadium, you know. So you. Your eyes kind of wander, right? And I, I hear the crack of the bat, and I'm not looking for some reason again. And I'm, we're like three, about six rows from first base, for or first base uh, dugout. So we're really close. And all of a sudden, I hear my friend go, "Oh!" And I look over, and this ball is literally coming towards my face. I'm not kidding. This ball was ten feet from my face, and for some reason, the baseball gods took a swing at it, and that took a a, like a nasty curve left and just went and ended up behind us. Wait, so it, it was hit the wall behind us. It was coming us. at you. It was a foul it, ball. And then it was like a Kennedy moment, like a magic bullet thing like where somebody, it just like turned an angel in said the outfield moment where like an angel just came and just kind of hit the just kind of took a swing at it wow. cuz that thing was barreling towards us and then it just took a hard left 
and hit the wall behind us, bounced around. It actually ended up 13 rows behind us, and so somebody else even, got the ball. Even I didn't even get the ball. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's crazy. How Good did times. we go from the Dodgers to that story, though? Because it was Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and right. it was he was up to bat. That was his foul ball. I would have loved that. Gotcha. I would have made him that sign would have been, it. That would have been great yeah. to have a Manny well, foul ball. Except it Except if it would have hit me square in the face. It was literally. Ah, you'd have been okay. It was coming right here. You'd have been okay. Right here. Seriously, you'd have yeah. been fine. No, right here. <laughs> I see that. That's very nice. Uh, so the Dodgers entering play tonight, 106 and 47. They have a staggering plus 322 run differential. Oh, my God. 322? Mm-hmm. Shut up. Get out of here. First team in history to win at least 106 games in three consecutive seasons, full seasons. And they're likely to finish with the best run differential since the 1939 Yankees put up plus 411. Wow. For that era, that is crazy, too. That's, that's, well, I guess in that era, you know, the stadiums weren't as big. I mean, you remember when they, have you seen Ken Burns' documentary on baseball? On baseball? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've updated it, right? I mean, because I've no, only they seen... haven't really updated it beyond like to early mid 2000s. All right. I've only seen the original, like through the mid 90s. Well, I'm talking, I'm like going that. way back when, when stadiums would allow people to sit in the in, yeah. un, in the outfield. Yeah. They'd sit along the fence line. Mm-hmm. And so home runs would, still wouldn't count if, even if it hit the crowd, still had to go out. So the guy had to run into the crowd. So you wonder if that's, you know, maybe around that time, that's why runs were Could so. Could be. Could be. Uh, Clayton Kershaw has been talking about wanting to more I think he's leaning more towards coming back next year. Okay, I didn't know he was uh, thinking about retiring. Yeah, he's well, still pretty young. He's well, he's 34, he's but he's, he's you know, he's, prone. yeah, he's injury prone. He had the Tommy John surgery. Right. Uh and uh let's see I, I think he had a He's got nothing more to prove basically. No, but he had some hip trouble this year uh and then I think maybe some back problems too. But uh he he was he here he is. He says, I, I, don't, I, don't, I do think I'm leaning towards playing. Anyway, he says, I do, I do think I'm leaning towards playing over not for sure. That's what I couldn't, I couldn't get that out of my mouth. He <laughs> says, I hold the right to change my mind, but as of today, I think I've got at least one more run in me. So why would you want to lead this team? Well, this team is so dominant. I mean, I know he's hurt. He, he's getting hurt and he's getting up there in age and, and whatnot, whatever. But winning is fun. And when you're on a, when you're on a dominant like this in the pros, It'd be hard to leave that. Yeah, it would. It's it's very easy to assume that he'd, he'd come back. Sure, you know, reunite with the Dodgers, especially with Walker Bueller. I mean, anybody would take 20. him, even if the Dodgers don't. Any, literally anybody would would grab this guy. Well, so on that note, what about the Texas Rangers? Odd as it sounds, he's a Dallas native. Do they have the money after what they gave to? They're, they're expected in the in the Seager? in the off season. They're expected to invest very heavily in pitching. Well, then they've clearly been listening to our show as well because think, that's all we've been preaching. Right. You got the offense, get some freaking pitching. Right. So think about it. Just a, a one year nifty little Kershaw contract up there in our Arlington. I don't know if he'd leave the Dodgers. Oh, I guarantee you he I wouldn't. I mean, if if it's his swan song, why would you go to a worse team? No offense. That'd give me a reason to drive up to Arlington and watch a ball game that's for a change. Fair. Yeah. I mean, you throw enough money, I guess, but. His contract isn't up, so you'd have to somehow trade for him. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us today on the bullpen. Stick around. Paul Feinbaum up next. Sports Talk with Ed and Beto coming up at 4. Yes, sir. And we will see you tomorrow. See ya.